0: Welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church, Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. quick panic then, I lost my file with my notes in. I thought, it's going to be a really quick morning. (laughs) Rats! (laughs) You're all thinking, no. Ah, good. Well, if you've got a Bible, perhaps we're going to read a few verses from Galatians chapter 5 and then a few uh, verses from Galatians chapter 6. And uh, I've been doing off and on, but off for the summer a uh, little bit of a series on spiritual warfare, and we've been looking under the under the themes of the world, the flesh, and the devil. we have heard that phrase, I'm, I'm sure, and uh, uh, we've been looking at, at the flesh, and this is the last little bit of that, but we'll, we'll read. Uh, really what I want to talk about today is, um, it sounds grand, doesn't it, spiritual warfare? It sounds all kind of a bit up in the but up in the clouds uh, but really it's very down-to-earth subject and, and today I want to talk about the warfare of our daily choices that, uh, that spiritual things are really very down-to-earth what, what do we choose to do today tomorrow how do we respond what do we choose to do what do we choose not to do and that kind of thing so that's that's where we're going so Galatians 5 and we'll begin reading at verse 13 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free Christianity is not loads of rules and regulations. We're called to be free, but, says Paul, don't use that freedom to indulge the flesh. I'm free from rules and regulations. I'll sin my head off. Give God more opportunity to be gracious. No, 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 he says, Don't, don't indulge the flesh like that. Instead, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh because the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you don't do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage and selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this won't inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let's let us keep in step with the spirit then a few verses from the next chapter chapter 6 of Galatians verse 7 to 9 Give up. So Paul's here talking about fighting the flesh, but he, he says here, um, you reap what you sow. That's a, that's a kind of proverb, isn't it? You we, we might have heard that in life. You reap what you sow. But Paul's, in the context, he's still talking about fighting against the flesh that we find in the Christian life pretty soon after we become a Christian. We find that there's a bit of a conflict. Sometimes we really want to do what we know is wrong <laughs> or we really don't want to do what we know is right. And, and, and there's the, the, the fleshy bit of us, the humanness, the creatureliness bit of us, doesn't want to do what pleases God. But on the other hand, there's a conflict on the, on the inside. Ever feel that? I can't be the only one. There's a conflict because on the inside, we really want to do what's right as well. And we really want to pre- please Jesus because his spirit lives in us. So there's this battle and Paul calls it fighting the flesh. It's not an expression kind of used nowadays, is it? But, but it's, a, it's a really helpful concept. It explains what we feel like in life very often. There's that tussle going on in our head or in, in our heart. And that's what he's talking about. And this morning I want to talk, as I said, about the warfare of our daily choices. And use this, this concept where Paul brings it really down to earth and just says, well, you reap what you sow. And that's, that's true in life, isn't it? if you sow one kind of seed something else doesn't come up, you reap what you sow and he's talking about our daily choices to respond to God or kind of not to respond to God, to respond to what we want to do and that that kind of thing that goes on with it in us and he says if we sow to the spirit doing what God wants then that leads to a quality of life that he calls eternal life. We start to experience that now. We can grow in it over the ups and downs and the struggles of life, and it continues forever. So that's what we're talking about. You reap what you sow. Now really, this is nothing kind of drastic. It's really a principle of life, isn't it? If you think about it, the farmer knows you reap what you sow, but but other people do as well. Who's heard of the expression cause and effect? I think most of us have probably heard of that. If you do this, that happens. Uh, if, if, you, if you knock a billiard ball into the side of the table, it comes off at the same angle, unless you put a funny spin on it. It's, it's kind of, if you do that, that happens. If you do this, that happens. If, if you cut us, do we not bleed, said the poet. It's, a, it's cause and effect, that's what happens. Have you ever heard the expression, lovers are loved, haters are hated? Anyone heard of that expression? Oh, I thought it was well known. It's just me then. Oh, and Now you have. <laughs> What it means is people, people that love others tend to get loved. People that don't love others tend not to be loved because it's reciprocal. It's, it's, now, of course, you could be really nice to someone and get your head chopped off as well. But, but, but as a general principle of life, that's true, isn't it? Lovers, people who love others tend to be loved. Those that are full of hate and... Grrr, other people view them like that. You can. Re- yeah, we'll all watch, or maybe we won't all watch, judging on the response last time, but I'll watch Christmas Eve, I'll watch um, Christmas Carol, the, the uh, Muppet version, very profound. And, and I'll re- everybody hates Scrooge. Why do they hate Scrooge? Because he's a miserable old what's it, that's why. Because he's reaping what he sowed. It's, it's, so it's a spiritual thing, it is a spiritual thing, but it's also a principle of life. Those of us, anybody that's been involved in computers, which I'm really truly drastically bad at, but there's an expression in computing, garbage in, garbage out. In other words, if, if, you, if you put rubbish in your programming, it's never gonna produce something good at the end. It's, it's all gonna go wrong, why? Because it went wrong ages before. It's got a glitch in it. That's a principle of life. J- Jesus put it more profoundly, he said, give and it will be given to you. So, so what other people say, you get in what you put out. No, you get out what you put in. That's, it's a kind of principle of life. So you reap what you sow is just a statement about the nature of this world, really. But it's also spiritually true. It's a statement of reality. But if you think about it, it's actually disproportionate. You, you don't actually get out what you put in when you sow. I think most farmers in the UK, if they put in one kernel of corn and and then this beautiful field of wheat grew and on the top of every stalk there was one kernel of wheat, (laughs) um, they'd be really disappointed, wouldn't they? They'd be really disappointed because it's disproportionate. Actually, you reap more than you sow. That's the whole point of sowing and reaping. In in the financial world, I'm not a wizard uh, finance stuff, but, but uh, some of us will have heard of compound interest. If you haven't got massive inflation, it works. But uh, you put in and you get interest, and then you get interest on that interest, and you get interest on that interest on that interest. And over many years you think, wow, I don't remember putting that in. Well, well you didn't, but you've reaped what you've sown. You've sown in and then it's gained interest and, and something's happened to it. Now, what Paul's saying is this, if you boil it right down, is decisions are everyday decisions really, really matter. We often don't think like that, do we? We think, oh, it's only me. Or we might think, well, nobody's watching. Or we might think all sorts of, all sorts of things, or, well, oh, it's just a bad moment. Ugh. But no, actually, our daily decisions really matter and they have a bigger effect than we realise because we reap what we sow. If you sow giving into your fleshly desires to sin, then you'll reap Bad fruit. In fact, Paul talks about ending up being slaves. You know, it's funny, isn't it? We think when we do what we want to do, we're free. Because it kind of feels like that in the moment. But Paul says, no, the end result is you become slaves to those fleshly passions. But if we sow to the Spirit, sow to the things that God's prompting us to be and to do, then uh, we nurture our relationship with God. We're, we're responding to the Holy Spirit. And we reap, bit by bit, a Christ-like character and a close relationship with God. So, so do you get, does that make sense everyone? Oh, good. That's a relief. So there's a kind of war, an unseen war going on in our lives, very undramatically, day by day by day. Now we might have big crisis moments, but actually it's our daily, daily choices that make all the difference. And and I've been reading a bit about this, and you know, even the secular world understands this. I was reading uh, about neuroscience. I'm not, you know, it's way beyond me, but you know, the principle is this, every time you think or do something, it becomes a tiny bit easier to think or do it. Interesting. Interesting so that's true if we're a student settling down to study. Oh, it's a nightmare. So many other things I'd rather do But but if we settle down to study in a regular way, it becomes easier and easier to settle down and study But the same is true of your backhand if you're a tennis player It's it's you keep doing it. You keep doing it. Have you heard of the phrase muscle memory? We've heard of that, isn't it? So it's constant repetition of an exercise. It becomes better and better. It's true. Almost any skill that you do, repetition, you get better and better. Actually, it's all in your brain. It's not really, you know, my muscles actually haven't got any brain cells. There's no muscle memory. it's, it's all in your, it's neuroscience. Isn't that amazing? You reap what you sow, the way you, the way you think. How about this? Eric Fromm, who wrote a book called The Heart of Man, he says this, he's a psychologist. He says this, the longer we continue to make the wrong decisions, I don't think he's a Christian, but it sounds like it, the longer we make the wrong decisions, the more our heart hardens. The more often we make right decisions, the more our heart softens, or better perhaps, becomes more alive. I found that fascinating. <laughs> so the, way, the more we make right decisions, the easier it is to make right, right decisions. The more we make wrong decisions, the easier it gets to make wrong decisions. There's nothing new in that. I found a guy called Heraclitus, who's a philosopher, and he wrote this 500 years before Jesus. Our habits become our character. Ooh, that's a really good sentence, isn't it? Our habits become our character. C.S. Lewis wrote, every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, the part that chooses, into something just a little different to what it was before. It's good, isn't it? but it makes our daily lives and the choices we make more important. John Mark Comer, he's a favourite preacher of mine, he says, we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. It's true isn't it? We make these decisions, we don't really think about it, we just keep making decisions, but those daily decisions end up forming our character, forming who we are. Why? Because you reap what you sow and and the, the frightening truth for me is as you get older, it gets a bit harder to do because your brain's less kind of flexible. So, uh, so if you're young, be godly and practice. And practice makes perfect. You reap what you sow. But all our choices matter because we're sowing our own futures. Let, let's earth it a little bit. This is a bit drastic. Someone has an affair. That's a tragedy. But, but you know, no one ever woke up this morning and thought, I know what I'll do today. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea. I, I'll, I'll be unfaithful to my marriage fails. No, no that, it's not how it happens. It's not how, actually, it's the end result of dozens, hundreds, possibly thousands of decisions. To work late yet again. To not offer a compliment. To not deal with an issue to spend more than we had coming in. thats a thousand decisions to, 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 to receive comfort from someone we shouldn't receive comfort from. It's a thousand, thousand decisions, and then someone reaps what they sowed, and, and we're devastated, and the person's devastated as well. Oh, no, how did that happen? You ever said that? I, 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 I've thought that. How did that happen? The result was, wow, it went back. Who knows? Only God knows. When it all started with, re- and, and someone's reaped, sadly, reaped, 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 reaped. What they, sow- what they sowed. Sorry, struggling this morning. How about something, something less heavy going? How about cynicism? We live in a really cynical world. People are cynical about everything. Cynicism has been kind of suspended for 10 days because we're in a period of mourning. But then, then believe me, it, re- it will return because it's a predominant cultural facet of living in the United Kingdom, Western Europe, in our age, sadly. Cynicism. We decide to campaign. Complain. Well, everyone else is in the office. We, we criticise. We're negative about things. It's kind of habit. But it becomes a mental habit. And actually, what I've noticed is some people even lose the capacity to live happily. Have you ever come across someone that's kind of forgotten? Forgotten how to be. In, in the midst of pursuing happiness, they've forgotten how to be happy. I'm not talking about whether, you know, someone's depressed or that's a medical issue. That's a separate thing. I'm talking about cynicism. How about another one on the positive side? What about rejoicing, being thankful? You you reap what you sow. How about cultivating a culture of gratitude, of thanking God? How about before we went to bed? We thank God for the good things we've seen today. That's a that's a great discipline. You'd be amazed how many things you you remember. The good, thank you God for. The kids saying see ya as they ran out of church this morning. <laughs> All of those, thank God for a building. Thank God for my breakfast. I didn't have any, but you did. Uh, thank God, whatever it might be. Thank God for the good things you've seen today. That that cultivates an attitude of thanksgiving. How about how about another one? I I, I saw a film recently, and someone was in a restaurant and and paused, and, and said. Why don't we just pause and think of all the people that loved us to where we are today? That's a good one, isn't it? That's a great exercise. That takes some time as well. And that, the more you think about it, the more you think, more people you think of. But that that cultivate a, a, an attitude of thanksgiving, and over a period of time, you become a thankful person. I'm thinking of my, my dad. My dad had a rotten start to life. He didn't start school till he was, I think, uh, six or seven because they expected him to die. And uh, he, he lost his mum when he was two. He was brought up by kind of pantomime stepmum and then to go and live with his grandparents because she couldn't cope with him uh, and, and he wasn't being looked after. And, and I've never met anyone. He's a very quiet man, unlike me. But, but I've never met anyone that was more grateful. It was incredible, wasn't he? Even when he had a stroke, I got down there. I said to him, how are you, Dad? What drove from here to us? He said, well, I'm grateful to God. Our window in our bedroom goes to the floor. I can still see the birds in the garden. That's a, that, that doesn't come like that. That comes over decades of being grateful. You reap what you sow. That's why in Jewish culture, there used to be blessings for clothes. Ever thank God for your clothes? I must admit, I kind of don't. Thanking God for your family, thanking God for work, thanking God for the air you breathe. Amazing, isn't it? The the Celtic Christians used to have a a, a Thanksgiving prayer for for that they had logs for their fire. Maybe this winter we'll thank God we can put the gas fire on. (laughs) That's an attitude thing. You reap what you sow. So Paul issues here in Galatians an invitation to that kind of really down-to-earth, daily warfare. He invites us all this morning to kind of join a military campaign to kill the flesh and sow to the Spirit. In 5 verse 16, he says walk by the Spirit. In other words, kind of live your daily life being prompted by the Spirit of God. Be led, in verse 18, he says be led by the Spirit. Verse 25, live by the Spirit. Later, he says keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And see, the good news is in our fight, we're not left with just mere willpower. Yeah, you ever tried to live the Christian life by will, willpower? It's knackering, you can't, you can't do it just by, mm, well, I'm gonna be, today, I'm gonna be perfect. You, you won't get through your toast, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> we need the help of God. Now we do need to make decisions, that's important. We do need to make decisions, because we have choice in the matter, but we're not alone, we have the Holy Spirit to help us. You can't live the Christian life by willpower alone but as you follow Jesus, respond to the nudges of the Holy Spirit, you can become steadily, maybe slowly, more like Christ, more like Jesus. So that's pretty well the end, but let me, uh, let me give a few so what's. What, what do we do? Well, how about this week we surrender to any nudges of the Holy Spirit? Now maybe we've become a bit immune. Now I've got a winter jacket that's so thick you, you can't really feel, and you just feel hot. It's like wearing one of those boiler things. Uh, when a boy, I feel like I'm lagged, kind of walking around like this. And, and you can kind of, if someone nudged me, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd even feel it through those layers. Some of us get a bit like that. We get a bit insensitive to the Holy Spirit. But how about we pray that God would help us to be sensitive to his nudges this week? They could be positive nudges. Phone up so-and-so. Don't speak to that person about Jesus. Or they could be negative nudges, woo, don't go that way, don't do that. Either way, but how about we surrender to the nudges of the Holy Spirit and pray that God will make us sensitive. Here's another word, maybe some of us have been giving in in a particular area to to the flesh, to the wrong, wrong things. You know, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That's interesting, isn't it? I think we've le- left confessing our sins to the Roman Catholics down the, down the road. But actually, it's not to a priest. We, he says sometimes it's really helpful to say, look, I, I've got a weakness in this area. Can you, could you pray for me? And could you, could you re- ask me how you're doing with that? That's just a thought. Some of you are looking a bit shocked, but it's a, it's a good one, I'm honest. Thirdly, let's keep receiving from the Holy Spirit. For some of us, that's in ministry, someone praying for us. Others, it may be just locking ourselves away in a quiet place, being quiet before God or praying. Some of us, it's going for a walk in the woods, being close to the Lord Jesus. Some of us, it might be playing worship music. Whatever works, really, we're all made so so differently, but keep receiving from the Holy Spirit. And let's take the long view. There might be one or two who think, I've made no progress in my Christian life. I'm, I'm just where I was four years ago. Take the long view, you reap, What you sow. Keep sowing to the Holy Spirit, and He will be working in us, making us more Christ like, drawing us closer to the image of Jesus. So let's pray as we close, and then uh, invite everyone to have tea and coffee downstairs, and we can mill and chat to each other. (coughs) Father, I, I pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters in the room today that you would help us this week. To be sensitive to your nudges. Whether they're positive or negative. Thank you Holy Spirit that you have come to live within us. That we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We ask you that we would be led by you. That we'd walk by you. We'd keep in step with you this week. And for those of us that have got a bit hardened. We just take the opportunity to say sorry. Sorry Lord we've. We've. We've become insensitive. We ask you to give us fresh sensitivity, restore us, cause us to make progress in this daily warfare. We ask you you to keep filling us with your Holy Spirit, for without you, we can do nothing. But we thank you, it's your purpose to transform us bit by bit into the likeness of Jesus. Thank you that one day we will see you and be like you. And uh, Lord, we ask you that we would please you in the way we live our lives this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Further information about Hope Church can be found at www.hope-church.org.uk Thank you for listening.